Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast, is proudly sponsored by The Terrace, the home of retro and fan culture sports merchandising. Check out their range of forest merch by visiting theterracestore.com or visit them on social media. The 1865 Match Report Welcome to 1865, it's the Match Report, the day after Forest got their first win of the season and in fact their first victory since the 5th of April which is 13 long matches ago. Um, it's Rich here and I'm joined in a few minutes by Baz. Uh, just to give you a quick summary of the match, a goal in the first half from Lewis Graben which followed a blistering run from Brennan Johnson and then we had a deflected second half effort from Joe Lolly which was actually uh, attributed to being an own goal from their keeper but it saw Forrest take the points as well as a welcome clean sheet now just before we get started we thought we'd get a view from the opposition so we're delighted to be joined from uh, by Brady from the and he takes that chance podcast uh, and Brady you were at the match uh, tell us what you thought Hi, it's Brady from Annie Takes That Chance. Thanks for having me on, Rich. Um, was I surprised by Forrester's lineup and formation? Yeah, so you matched this 3 4 2 1. Um, I've, I've got to be honest, I've not watched a lot of Nottingham Forest this season, but um, I thought you, uh, from my perspective, you guys had a, a perfect away performance, really. Um, you know, got your goal, which was a really well taken goal. Goal. I mean, Brennan Johnson's run for Cross It for Grabben was. Um, I remember seeing it at the time and being frustrated because you know it was just a just a well worked goal and um, yeah no I, I thought you guys played well and to be honest fully deserved the win um, we had a bit of an off day really I thought um, a classic Huddersfield you know <laughs> we've been on a bit of a good run but um, as I'm sure your fans will know as well it's uh, doesn't take much for something to go wrong so um, yeah I was a bit disappointed at Huddersfield but um, fair play to um, Nottingham Forest, I thought they, had a gr- I thought they played great yesterday and fully deserved the win. Thanks. Now, Huddersfield had the lion's share of the uh, statistics, but Forest were probably the more threatening team. Uh, did that surprise you at all, that the Reds were playing a bit more on the front foot than you might have expected, given their season so far? Yeah, um, that was quite typical last season. Huddersfield would dominate possession, but... Uh, didn't really have any cutting edge and uh, that was what we saw on Saturday really against Forest. Um, you know, I think you had clearly had the better chances. Um, you know, I can't really think of many many opportunities we created in open play. Obviously, um, Sorba Thomas's 
delivery at set pieces can always cause a danger, but we didn't see, you know, had a couple of chances go wide in the second half, but um, didn't really look like threatening, to be honest. I think we just um, didn't, we lacked, lacked ideas really, especially when trying to, you know, in the final third and trying to create openings. But I think also you've, you know, we can talk a lot about what Huddersfield did wrong. But I think Forrest defended, you know, great. He stuck a lot of men behind the ball when they needed to. Um, I thought Jed Spence in particular was amazing. I know we'll kind of come on to that. But um, yeah, no, um, uh, Nottingham came out. I think it was obvious, you know, given after Chris Hewton, uh, Chris Hewton was sacked midweek that Forrest were, you know, you normally see a bit of a bounce, even though a manager hasn't been appointed. And we, we did fully see that. And like I say, fair play to Forrest, um, completely deserved it. It's a it's an obvious question, but do you think this was a fair result, including Forrest keeping a clean sheet? Yeah, definitely. As a as I've alluded to, I think um, a fair result for Forrest. You know, you guys played it perfectly. You got you you know a well worked goal for the first one. Um, you know, great cross, great finish. Completely, uh, Brennan Johnson completely skinned uh, Levi Colwell. Um, I think I'd like you know you can't really criticise the goal because it was a well taken goal, but. I think looking back, I would have liked Colwell to probably put uh, Johnson, you know, into uh, into the stands so uh, he doesn't get that crossing. But you know, amazing goal, yeah, completely, completely fair result, really. Don't think um, definitely we had too many opportunities. Uh, I think Samba made a good save in the first half, but um, you know, I thought Worrell was quite impressive at the back as well. Um, and yeah, we didn't really create many openings for you. I know there was a blocked Dwayne's home, Dwayne home shot towards the end, but um, completely fair result, really. And um, I think this is, you know, hopefully for you guys, um, you can go on a bit of a run now. You know, depending on who you appoint, because you know I don't need to tell, don't need to tell Forest fans, but you do. You know, I know the squad's a bit of a mess, and you've signed a lot of players, but you do have a lot of quality players, and sometimes. Uh, quality kind of shines through and I think it did yesterday so um, yeah completely fair result and uh, yeah deserved a clean sheet I don't think we were clinical enough or created many too too many good opportunities and lastly were there any particular Forest players who caught your eye yeah I think um, I think there was a good uh, few good performances from Forest players for me I thought Jed Spence was, was you know brilliant um, he actually Went off the sidelines where I was sat, and um, some fans were giving him giving him a bit for having a good game, uh, and he uh, blew kisses to the crowd, which I must admit did make me laugh. Um, and you know, took it superbly. Had had a great game, I thought. Um, thought Joel Worrell was particularly impressive as well. You know, just did what he needed to do. And yeah, I think um, I, there was a real commitment from Forrest. I think you know. We thought it'd be a good time to play them, given given your start to the season. But um, you know, I thought Forest were were superb, very disciplined. You know, just just uh, we use this a lot in football, but I did think they wanted it more. You know, they were more aggressive in challenges. I thought your pressing was was particularly impressive as well. You know, Hogg got um, caught a few times, and um, you know, from the press from Forest and. Yeah, really good. I think um, a lot of good performances. Lot, uh, Joel Lolly looked up for it as well. Um, I thought, as you, you'd be surprised, you know, you wouldn't be surprised given uh, given his former links with Huddersfield. Um, yeah, just a really, a really impressive performance from Forrest. Like I say, Worrell and uh, Spence, I think, particularly stood out for me. And you know, grabbing well taken goal from the cross, and you know, we know what he can do at this level. So um, yeah, wouldn't if you put in performances like that, wouldn't be surprised to see you climb off the table rather rather quickly.
Okay, thank you to Brady and commiserations on the result for you, but obviously we're delighted. Um, I'm joined by Baz now. Um, now, Baz, if Forrest were safety first under Chris Hewton, well, in this match, they were wearing high vis. <laughs> and, but it also goes to show that um, compare and contrast, if you play too deep, what you do is you end up inviting lots of pressure. And ultimately, over the last, not only this season, but the last third of last season, it just meant that Forrest were never able to get foothold in the game and they're just conceding goals so let's just start off with the formation because when I went three at the back do you think that was important because you and I had both identified central midfield as being a crucial element so do you think it took that little bit of pressure off Garner and Yates in the centre of the park? Um, I, I wouldn't. I don't know if. I, first of all, I have to say I really like that kit. I think it's fantastic. Well, there's one person who likes that kit. <laughs> Apparently, there's twenty percent off in the club shop, which might explain why they were wearing it yesterday. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so I think three at the back, given the personnel we have now, makes a lot of sense. And um, I'm not sure if it's necessarily that it that it takes the pressure off Garner and Yates, but what it does is. Um, it, it allowed us more presence in the middle of the, the park, even though technically there were only four, there were four in the middle of the park, which is what we've had all along. It, it, it allows us to control things that are much better, um, which if you're, if you're not constantly defending down the wings, then that works in our favour, obviously. Um, mm. And as I said the other day, um, I think games are won and lost in midfield. If you're not controlling the midfield, then you, you leave your, your defence under pressure. If you're not controlling the midfield, you can't get the ball forward to make chances. And both those things have been what's been happening to us recently. Mm. Now, the other thing that was commented on in the Quest Highlights show by Colin Murray and uh, Joby McEnough was that uh, the change of formation also enabled Forrest to use the width of the park a little bit better. And um, we've had a lack, uh, real load of criticism for the lack of goals that Forrest have, have offered. Now, it, that first half goal, um, Brennan Johnson with another absolutely blistering run and cross, and and, and he put it there for, for Lewis Graben. So a couple of things there. Firstly, it does show, doesn't it, that, that Forrest haven't used the, the, the size of the pitch effectively uh, under Hewton. And secondly, something that you and I again have discussed along with uh, everyone else on the podcast which is uh, I do think we've got players who've got the ability to score goals but we, what we haven't do is we haven't put chances their way have we? Yeah um, and I, I criticised Lyle Taylor the other week um, I think actually his biggest problem has been that we've not put the ball in front of him and that's why he's been getting so frustrated and I think it shows that um, one, it's quite telling that both the goals yesterday came from uh, wide areas, low crosses. Um, and then the other thing is, um, yeah, Brennan Johnson picks the ball up in his own half, beats what, four players to get there mm -hmm. and put the cross in. That's, um, that's also almost like a Stan Collymore effort. Yeah, well, the other parallel is um, you'd mentioned Lyle Taylor. So in that opening match of the season, again, it was a terrific first goal of the season wasn't it and that came from Brennan getting the ball pushing out wide taking players on and then laying the ball putting a cross in front of Taylor yesterday he put the cross in front of Graben that's what centre forwards love isn't it absolutely and Graben said as much in his post-match interview he says that that's exactly what you're looking for the ball between the keeper and the defender and then it's then all the responsibilities on Graben to put it away and, and you, he thrives on that yeah and you contrast that with the way that uh 
that that Taylor and Graben last season were having to and, and Glenn Murray last season were having to play where they were getting the ball kind of pumped towards them. So they were back to goal with three defenders behind them and, and or trying coming to deep and, and trying to run the ball into the box. Yeah, which which Graben can do, but it's not fair on him if he's the only centre forward to expect him to do that, is it? Yeah. Okay. Um clean sheet. That's um something new. Uh considering that Chris Hewton has got a reputation as being somebody who likes to keep it solid and, and keep it tight at the back. We've not been very good at keeping clean sheets. So we had a back three. We also had a quick return to the team for Bruce Samba. Now you said in midweek that if Samba had looked lacking in confidence and a bit flappy throughout the season, you thought that Ethan Horvath looked a bit overconfident and, and maybe that's what led to that calamity uh, against Middlesbrough. Um, but was the Americans still a bit unlucky to be dropped? I feel really, really bad for Horvath. I think um, not just did he look overconfident, but his hor- horrendous error came after five minutes of the players getting abused by us. So I think that that's it's, it's all very, very harsh on Horvath. But from what I saw of Samba, he looks pretty, pretty confident and pretty much back on form. So that was quite nice to see. Well, I was going to say, so a clean sheet, um, having a back three. So, I mean, with Worrell and McKenna, we know that they're kind of, they try and organise and lead. And and Toby Figueredo is a warrior. He might not be the best footballer in the world, but what he is, is a head at kick it kind of player. So he was sat in the middle of them. So do you think that that helps Samba kind of to redress the balance a little bit? I think so. I think it, it's one of those things I'm, I'm guessing that they Every, all the centre-halves always talk about how having a confident keeper behind him gives them confidence. I think it probably works the other way as well. So the, the keeper knowing that he can rely on his um, on his, on his defence means that um, it, it gives him a boost as well. Yeah. And, and just a quick one on Toby Figueredo. Um, I predicted a back three, but I thought it'd be Umbe So who, who would get the nod on the right of that three. As it turns out, Worrell on the right and then Figueredo in the middle. Um were you surprised by that? And do you think it was probably because Toby is a head it, kick it kind of player? Well, uh, it, it was a surprise. Um, I think they're three very, very similar centre-halves in that way. And quite often in a back three, you'll see one who's a bit, maybe a bit better at playing the ball in the centre to, to work as more of a sort of sweepery, libero, libero kind of player. Um, we didn't have that. We had three proper old-fashioned centre-halves right there. Mm. Um, uh, so that's quite good. No, no, maybe with time. We've seen last season a few occasions that McKenna is comfortable if he gets the chance at kind of coming through the midfield and, and yeah. maybe making a run. So um, if if the back three is to be a thing at Forest, and again, we talk about club strategies as much as what managers do, if that's the plan, then maybe the plan is that McKenna, and to a lesser extent, Worrell occasionally likes a little walkabout, doesn't he? So maybe it's to enable that. Um We'll talk about the... The other thing, just, to, just as an aside, the, the little bit of speculation I put in is I think Yates could do a job there as well, as the yeah. middle one of the back three. Yeah, he did He did a cameo at centre-half in the Carabao Cup, didn't he? And mm. and we were just thinking, well, he's tall, he's strong, he's not great on the ball, which is why people have problems with him in midfield. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, if you asked him to be a head-it-kick-it kind of player, then I can see that as well. Um We'll talk about the new manager once the appointment is confirmed. Um, in the here and now, one thing that was really noticeable is that the team were not just sitting back. Uh, and also, in turn, the other thing that was noticeable uh, 
is that after three or four matches where the atmosphere was pretty awful at home and away, the fans were right behind the team. And it's one of those things, uh, I guess, it's almost felt like we were never going to win a match ever again under Hewton. Yeah. And, and you drew the comparison with how it was under Megson, sort of, which is 15, 16 years ago now. But that was as bad as we'd known it before, I think. Um, so it felt like a weight had been lifted. Joe Lolly, potentially controversially, used the word freedom on Instagram after the match. Um, what are your thoughts there? So there was, there was an article on somewhere or the other uh, where someone was talking about leaked WhatsApp messages with some of the forwards um, ranting. And we've, we've all seen the Grant Holt article at Norwich um, with Hewton. And I just, uh, Grant Holt said, well, I just, he's a very nice man, but I just don't like the way we play. And it, um, I think there's there's a lot of that in there, the, the, the idea that, um, and we heard from the, the Brighton guy as well saying Hewton concentrated on dealing with the midfield and defence and leaving the forwards to it. And that basically left them to, to come up with their own strategies. I think that idea that, um, we're well, the thing I noticed, especially for the second goal, is um, we were playing in their half. We were actually using the ball rather than just dropping off immediately. It was we were using the ball in their half and trying to keep the pressure on them, playing football up, up the pitch. And yeah, I can imagine for someone like Joe Lolly, who actually wants to get forward at every possible opportunity and take people on, then that does feel like freedom. Mm, yeah. Uh, well, I was going to say that um, uh, Stephen Reed, he only had a, a day to sort out the formation and the tactics and, and to, to speak to the players. Um, and tell them, communicate what he wanted doing. Um, it was notable that at 1-0, I've seen quite a few people pointing out that at 1-0, he was, rather than um, that thing of sitting back, he was trying to encourage the team to push forward. And then also, as you just said, um, that second goal came as a result of Forrest having bodies in and around, in the in the last third of the pitch, which is pretty rare. Yeah. Also at 2-0, when Huddersfield were putting on some pressure, and again, compare and contrast with Chris Hewton. Uh, you know, Reed made some subs, which in one sense, you could say player for player, they were fairly like for like. But what he was actually doing is by putting on Colback and Richardson, there was a tactical shift, even if the formation was ostensibly still three at the back and four or five in midfield or whatever. Yeah, it's one of those things like... Um... Sometimes the, the, the players that you change, even though, yeah, they, they play in the same position, they, because they give something different, it, it changes the whole feel of the game and, and changes the emphasis of what you're trying to do. Um, I keep going back to Billy Davis when, with his plan B. One of the things he used to do is put Gareth McCleary on. Mm. And it wasn't because Gareth McCleary could attack them. He was an attacker, but it wasn't that. It was just that he would make the ball stick higher up the pitch, which was useful when you were defending. So obviously Colback can't do that, but that, that's kind of the same sort of thing. Is just changing the emphasis and making the ball sit in different parts of the pitch. Yeah, and I, and I guess sometimes, I mean, for Gareth McCleary, you could read Alex Mighton because it's also that thing of giving their defenders something slightly different to think about. Mm. Uh, which maybe puts them on the back foot and psychologically as much as physically, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, I guess what I'm trying to say is that maybe that's an ability to react and respond and adapt that perhaps we've been missing um, 
under Hewton because he is so rigid, as you've just said. And 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 those interviews and and, and snippets are there's something we probably will come on and talk about uh, in the future because. There's no midweek match. It looks as though Steve Cooper will be confirmed as the new head coach soon. So, so we will have a, a podcast when the new head coach is appointed and when that is confirmed. And we will be looking forward to yet another new era at the city ground, I suppose. <laughs> um, so uh, I think what we're all hoping is that the players can find a way of playing because a comment that I made to somebody on Twitter the other day is that it's not that we've got terrible players, but the players have been playing terribly. Yeah, and I, I was thinking that after the transfer window, actually, the squad, there's a lot of unknowns, but the squad doesn't look too bad. It's just whether we can get the best out of them and whether we can make them do what's, what's what. And it looked like yesterday we, we did get the best out of them and we did get them to do the, th- the right things. Podcast Network.